Hey, CT family, welcome to the Healing Place podcast. I'm Brian Hackney, the director of the Healing Place. And whether you heard about us on the weekend services or someone shared this episode, we're glad you're here. Welcome home. Most of us have heard the story of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, how Adam and Eve were separated from God because of disobedience. In today's episode, Spoonie and Ross and I take another look at that garden story. And we see how that when Adam and Eve's eyes were opened, they felt shame and how that shame is what separates us from God. And I'll call that psychological estrangement. It's not that God left us, it's we left God. We started hiding. So in today's episode, we talk about how to come out of hiding so that we can be confessional and real. We can be fully known and fully loved. All right. I love being here with you guys. Spoonie, right. Ross, yeah. laughter is the best medicine. Hey, come on, so man. I love laughing. Uh, yeah, come on. Wipe that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Hey, so we're in week four of our mental health series, and wow. I love what Toby's doing and the fact that then yes. we can come in here and kind of dive deeper on some practical ways to deal with, you know, the thorn in our flesh mm. and our anxiety, our depression, and now shame. Mm. This one I've been excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. Just if there's, I guess, one that's like, this is in my wheelhouse. It's I'm passionate about the message because I think there's a theological issue um, that blocks, or I'll say a theological misunderstanding that causes many, hear me, especially Christians, to deal with shame. Mm -hmm. uh, look, so as we're going to talk about shame today, or your sin, okay? Let's start by defining sin. The Greek term for sin, um, uh, is, well, it's, a, it's an archery term. It means to miss the mark, mm -hmm. okay? I didn't study Greek, but that's what they tell me. Um, so to miss the mark. So, so many times the way the mark has been missed when people uh, come to us for help is what was done to them. Mm. Wounds, hurts, traumas from their childhood, okay? The situations, the backstories that I talked about in the last podcast, we don't have to name them all, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you just think through all the different ways that people have been hurt and wounded from their past. <laughs> And you think, well, yeah, Brian, but that's, that's, they're not sinning. Wait, wait, to miss the mark. Was it the mark? Was, was that God's design for that person to have an abusive stepfather? Was that God's design for that person to be abused, to be bullied? You know, the list goes on. So, but many times, the church that I grew up in, this fundamentalist church, let's just leave it that, <laughs> By the time people were medicating the pain they were in, mm -hmm. and hear me, medicating appropriately, man, they were just, they were hurt. They were wounded. They were demolished. Their identity was taken away, right? And now, of course, they're medicating with promiscuity. Of course, they're medicating with drugs, with mm -hmm. alcohol. They don't want to feel. So now we call them a sinner. Oh, look, they drink. They smoke. Ooh, they cuss. Ooh, they're promiscuous. It's like... God bless them. Mm -hmm. If I'm the judge, I would say time served. 
I'm not sending you to hell. You Time served. You've been in hell. Now let me get you out. Because the way they're behaving, the way that they're medicating their pain is not healthy. It's not productive. It's not sustainable. It's not, quote, Christian. It's not godly behavior. But it's exactly what you would do. You're human and you're hurt. So that's that's the whole way I look at everything. So there's a hurt person coming in. Let's find out where they were wounded. Let's go heal that wound so they don't medicate anymore. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. they're not going to yeah. miss the mark for the rest of their life, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think, so, I think a, yeah, go ahead. going going further mm-hmm. with the archery term and and looking at sin that way, uh, you know, sin in scripture and in kind of theological conversation mm-hmm. has is complex because it's talked about in different ways. There's there's sin and then there's sin nature mm-hmm. and you know there's all there's all these different ways to look at it and I love the archery term because it's like well how f- how far are you from the bullseye mm-hmm. and so is the thing that you're doing is it moving you closer to the design that God has for you is it moving you further away and so your sin nature is like am I moving closer to who God has created me be or further or further away from that rather than it just being this black and white uh, right and wrong you know good and bad it's like no and is the trajectory of my life you know is the is the the archery the yeah. the, the, arc arrow, of the yeah is it, is it moving closer to wholeness to mm-hmm. fullness to holiness yeah. or is it moving Moving me further away from that, and that's where it's like, man, me and you and Spoonie, like we're we're just one decision away from taking that trajectory in the wrong way. Yes, and that's that's the power of every moment and decision and thought. Yeah, I love that, and I, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to our last episode, <laughs> but in that I talked about how if you miss the mark just a little bit on day one, mm-hmm. but you continue on in that mm-hmm. trajectory, mm-hmm. you're compounding how exactly. far away you are, exactly. right? But so, but but that's great. So let's get back. Let me go back to the garden, because mm-hmm. where did we? <laughs> Where was the, quote, original sin? Yeah. The Garden of Eden. The fall of man. So, and y'all can push back. And anybody listening, I would love for you to push back on this. But here's, here's, as I've re-looked at that story, and this was not just some theological exercise or some Bible study or some book I read. This was me dealing with people that are broken because of their backstories Mm -hmm. and are now medicating that pain. Mm -hmm. And hear me, are in shame. Yeah. The thing that keeps us from getting help or to, to, from confessing, shame, mm-hmm. judgment, mm-hmm. shame, shame on you. I feel ashamed. I feel like they're going to judge me. I feel like they're going to ostracize me, the scarlet mm-hmm. letter, right? So it's interesting. The Bible doesn't say don't sin. That's what I heard, group, don't sin, sin mm-hmm. bad, you're going to hell. Go to heaven, be good. So <laughs> I'm in the tree of the, good, the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say don't sin. It says confess sin so you can be healed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Confess sin so you can be healed. And we've turned it upside down because of shame. Yeah. So we, I believe the most, I said before, I, everybody circles anxiety on their intake form. The most ubiquitous condition of every person that comes in is, is shame. Oh, yeah. We're all hiding something. We don't want someone to know. We don't. Yeah. We feel horrible because of usually what was done to us. Not that we did, but God bless it if we did something, usually acting out of the pain. Mm-hmm. Now we've compounded the shame. Mm-hmm. And the very place where God said, I don't want you to feel shame, 
Right. was the church, was in relationship with him, and that's the one that's kind of heaped more on. Yeah. But I don't feel real strongly about this. See, I know you can tell. <laughs> so, so let's go to the garden story. If I asked, okay, describe for me the fall of man. Here's the way we've kind of, how we've summed this story up. It's just this overarching story of God said, don't do something. We disobeyed. See there? And... Now he's mad, and you're going to pay. Well, now you're not going to pay. And so now somebody's got to pay. Thank God Jesus came to get in the way to take my pain for me, my punishment for me. But let's relook at this story. What was it? Because so, so sin bad, you know, don't disobey. So we teach growing up, don't be disobedient. If God says do something, you do it. If he says don't, don't do it. Okay, fair enough, because God's wise, and He's obvi- that's the understatement of the year. He's our designer. He's our creator. So the things He say, He gives us to do and to, to act like, to think like, to be and behave, they're not some arbitrary rules. They're the way the designer created us. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fair enough. But when God says, I do not want you to eat of what tree? The tree yeah. of the knowledge of good and evil. So let's forget about disobedience for a minute. This disobedience did lead us to the sin, but the sin was, where we miss the mark is, God never intended us to have the knowledge of good and evil. What? That's an interesting thing. Time out. Wouldn't every Christian need the knowledge of good and evil? But the knowledge of good, I submit to you, leads to pride. Yes. The knowledge of evil leads to shame. The knowledge of evil, I'm now ashamed. What happened when their eyes were... By the way, what did he say eat of? The tree of life. Mm-hmm. Just the tree of life. Yes. I submit to you, we're still operating in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, so when Adam and Eve ate, their eyes were open. Yeah. And we say, so they disobeyed and their sins separated them from God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really? Let's go back to the story. Yeah. So who hid? Did God go hide because I can't coexist with shame? Adam and Eve, immediately upon having their eyes open with the knowledge of good and evil, they were naked and unashamed before. God coexisted with their nakedness. They realized their nakedness, and they were ashamed. Mm -hmm. And you could look at this metaphorically of anything, that nakedness in your life, Mm -hmm. being exposed before God. Mm -hmm. We hid. Mm -hmm. Here's I see it this way. Adam, where are you? Like we were taught on the flannel board growing up. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was this. It was like, dang it. And I would say something else, but we're on the podcast. <laughs> God's going, Dad it. Adam, why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? I see you. I know where you are. I know what you did. It's like, Dad it. I didn't want you to feel shame. Mm-hmm. I did not want you to feel shame. Come out of hiding. They were covering with fig leaves. Who sowed a covering for them? God. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, hear me, that wasn't for God, sow this covering. That was for Adam and Eve because they felt ashamed. You look forward in the New Testament, now in the culmination of the ages in Hebrews. Why did Christ die? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because your blood of bulls and goats wasn't for me, God said. That was for you. You're, you. You're sprinkling. He said, "Your guilty con- that was for your guilty conscience. That's why you rolled sins forward. That's why you did these offerings. I was, I was never, ever not okay with you. The sin in the garden was shame. It was psychological estrangement. I don't think God left. We did. Right. 
what separates us from God? Is it our sin or is it our shame? It's the sin of shame. Yes. Shame is missing the mark. <laughs> okay, I'm yes. going to shut up now. Push back. So, Work with me. So when you said that, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of that passage. And so my mind immediately went to when he called Adam, where art thou? I believe that it was a time where Adam and God met in the cool of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think the big missing component of this sometimes is that we don't zone in and look at what the real reason that God wanted Adam to be when he called him where he wanted him to be because God wants to commune with us. Mm-hmm. He wants to love on us. And so a lot of times in our shame, we, we don't feel that. We feel that we've done something and it's separated us from God. Mm-hmm. But he still wants to love us and be there for us through this. Mm-hmm. And like yes. he said, he said, you felt naked and ashamed, you know? And so God was still there. Mm-hmm. And he's still there in the midst. And, and that's one of the big questions, I believe. Well, if God, you're there, why did this happen? Sure. You know, why did you let this happen? That's one of the big... It's funny because um, on the episode that uh, uh, that we did um, and on actually the day that we did our taping, um, I was kind of waiting for my turn, <laughs> if, if you will, and I, I scrolled through my phone, and as I looked through my phone, I saw that one of my really good friends' uh, mother passed from COVID. And so in that yeah, moment... Sorry. The crazy thing was the very next segment I was to do was to speak on depression. And in that moment, I could have went in there in that moment. But when I read that he told me that his mom passed, the first thing was, why, man? And he's a musician. He's a beautiful musician. He, he's given his heart to Christ, and he loves God. And he, he plays just so beautifully. And worship comes in the room immediately when he plays. All I can tell him in that moment is, I know you don't know why, and this sucks, but I want to tell you, man, play your way through it yeah. because you will be in the presence of God. So shame comes, that feeling when something happens to separate us, it comes, and immediately we just feel, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. But he really wants to love us, and he wanted to love Adam you know, through yeah. that moment. Yeah. But in that moment, yeah, I believe that the shame is so great that we feel, you know, because of the lies of the devil yeah. <laughs> and the enemy, you know, yeah. Of, yeah. Of, the, of that sin. For sure, yeah. And, you know, I think th- when you when you see this in Scripture, you can't not see it, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, I mean, I think of, of David and God calling David a man after his own heart, right? Like mm-hmm. the most intimate statement that that God could have made or someone could have made about their relation to God. And uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, David messed up a lot. Yes. He had he sinned. Yes, he sinned a lot. Um, but what what he recognized and realized was that coming to God before coming before God with an open heart, with uh, vulnerability with bearing his soul before God, that's what drew him close and that God was never far away from him, that his sin didn't separate him from God, but it actually was an opportunity to draw near to God. And, and so we, I don't, I mean, it is this, this curse of the garden that we feel like when we sin or when we are 
you know, when our trajectory is going away from the mark, that God is not close to us, right? And that is the lie that Satan wants to continually uh, just, you know, whisper in our ear. But in reality, it's psychological, right? It's all in our head. And once we can realize that no matter what we do, uh, I, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me that um, it's like this, this inner comfort and inner peace that no matter if we're where we want to be, if we're where we need to be, that God is still at the core uh, connected to us, that he loves us no matter what that you know, Romans eight twenty eight. like, it's just all of these things. It's like, you know, God will never leave you or forsake you. No yes. sin can separate you from the yeah. love of, like all of these things that point to this core yeah. idea that somehow we continually forget, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can't remember this truth that, right. uh, man, when we mess up somehow it separates mm-hmm. us from God when in reality, I mean, prodigal son, he's right there waiting yes. for us. It's all through woven yes. through Tasting the porch, running to us, yes. kill the fatted calf. Yes. Yes. And don't miss that. Go back yeah. and look. Is it Luke 15? God. Reread mm-hmm. the prodigal so son and look yes. at that and turn that story on its head. Yes. My goodness. And, 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 and so many times we see the Bible in this kind of chronological thing and that like finally by the time like, like God's doing something new in Christ rather than man, you guys have got it wrong for this whole time. i got to kind of once and for all show you who I am. Right. I'm going to come down to be flesh. Right. Yes. I'm a friend of sinners. Right. Yes. Like, I, I, I'm a man of bad repute, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, like Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hanging out with, with hookers right. and right. tax collectors, you know, right. the, the, the greedy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and then on the cross, the gospel isn't, if you're good, you can go to heaven. No, the gospel, the good news, look at 2 Corinthians 5. He doesn't count your sins against you. Right. Like, that's the good news. Mm-hmm. He never did. You did. Mm-hmm. So, again, we say, well, if, if you're separated from God, who moved? We've said, like, he didn't. Mm-hmm. You did. <laughs> you know, it, but, but, but it's not like you did. The, it's like in your mind. You thought he was gone, but you went there. No, you're not separated from God. Right. Now, so you're the man. Jesus said, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Jesus became flesh. But then he left. He said, whoa, whoa, don't freak out. I'm going to go one step further. I'm mm-hmm. going to come back. And I'm going to live where? In you. Mm-hmm. We're yes. the manifest presence yes. of God. How am I separate? Right. The sin of shame separates you. Yes. You just did something in your mind that's not It's not real. Right. It's not possible. Right. You've made yourself separate, and God's out there, and i got to gap, or Jesus had to gap, or i got to go, I've got to do something to get close. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to show there was never a separation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh, this is revolutionary, guys. <laughs> yes, because yeah. you know what Toby's talked about? His deal with anxiety, mm-hmm. my deal is, you know what led to that or leads to it? Sometimes I get there's who knows and it's out of nowhere and there's never a logical, but a lot of a shame. Yeah. Yep. Growing up with this shame-based identity, if they really knew me, would they love me? Right. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, bless his heart. Bless us all who feel ashamed. Yes. The girl who finally admits, like, yeah. I shouldn't have gone to that party. Mm. I was raped at this party, but mm. I knew better. I shouldn't yeah. have done it. And it's like, God bless you. You were an innocent person who went yes. to a party. You're not shameful. You did nothing wrong. Right. Yep. God bless you. I want to cry as a father, yes. as God would want to cry over this girl. Mm-hmm. Not that she's not good enough. It's mm-hmm. the guy who was lived his whole life with anger yeah. and rage, mm-hmm. and it's showing up in his marriage. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he told himself the story I fell off the roof mm-hmm. when I was a little boy, mm-hmm. horse playing when my dad was fixing that chimney. But the truth was his father threw him mm-hmm. off the roof. 
And he lived with that, the mm. truth. Wow, my dad, could he hate me? Could he mm. think I'm just a mm. screw up? He threw me off that roof. Who does that to a son he loves? So I'm not lovable. So I need now to get my validation from work or from the other woman, Yes. right? Until he goes back and heals that wound. That was not about you. That was about a father who was out of control. Yes. You're not shamed. You are worthy of love. God created you in Genesis 1 before the fall of 3. He said it is good. It is good. The de- yes. who, who, who deceived him? The wow. messenger of oh, Satan. Satan. Yes. Psst, hey. Did he really say? Mm-hmm. It's the lie. It's the deception. Goodness. Mm. And, good and we, yes, and we have. And I'm just, my heart, literally, it's like, if I could tell everyone, you're not as bad as you think you are. Yes. Like, God loves you. Mm-hmm. He created you. He said it's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, but you don't know. Of course you did. Look what right. happened to you. Right. And again, I'm not saying victim. I'm right. saying mm-hmm. we're, we're screwed up. We live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when people are acting out because, and we know crap rolls downhill, and generational. Yes. Why? Well, yes. uh, he was an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his father. He didn't have his father. I mean, it goes up. He was abusive. He was abusive. He yes. was abusive. Of course, uh, that's the way it works. Absolutely. So we have to come in and say it stops here. Right. And how? If you live in shame, in hiding, mm-hmm. you... <laughs> You're going to perpetuate this feeling that you're away from God and you're not good enough and you're going to be depressed. You're going to be anxious. God wants to say, I love you. I created you and it is good and come to me and confess so you can be healed. That's right. That's right. One of the, I think one of the most beautiful passages in scripture to me, uh, is, is Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, because it's, it's this confession, um, before God, because I think, uh, you know, a lot of times to back up a little bit, a lot of times the, the the person that we're the least honest with is God, right? About what we're feeling, about what we're going through, about what we think about him, what we think about our spouse, what we think about our kids. And, uh, and you know, going back to David, whatever, God, God's calling us to bear ourselves before him and be open about yes. really what's going on. And this is encapsulated in the Garden of Gethsemane story. Jesus is on his his face, on his hands and knees, and he's saying, God, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to do the thing that you have purposed me to do. The one thing on this earth that you've purposed me to do, I don't want to do it. And what else is beautiful about that is you look at the story arc of Jesus. This is at the top of the story arc, which means this is one of the most important moments in the story right? And the most important (laughs) moment in the story of Jesus is him facing his shame. Mm. I don't want to do this. Mm. I don't want to do your will. Think about going before God and saying, hey, God, the thing that you've called me to, I don't want to do it. Wow. I don't want to do it. Wow. So if Jesus, the archetypal human, can come before God and share his deepest feelings. Hang on. The archetypal divine human. There you yes. go. There you go. Don't yeah, forget yeah. that Tied part. together. Archetype, but divine human. <laughs> right. he, who was Jesus again? He was God, God in the flesh. That's right. God That's right. in the flesh. That's right. Okay, sorry. I had to throw so, that in there. So if he can, if he can do that, if, <laughs> if, 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 if we have a pattern of what it's like to live through Jesus, and he, what he does is he tells God when he's, feeling like he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to be obedient. Right. You know, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to take the arc towards the center of the target. Mm-hmm. Whenever he can be open with that, that's when God meets him there. And just like we talked about with Paul and the thorn, God doesn't take it away from him, but yeah. he, he gives him the grace 
to be able to continue to walk through into mm-hmm. his purpose. Wow. You know? And so I just think that's so comforting to me to know that I can bring whatever I'm feeling before God. Yes. Man, like, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get through this season, God. Yeah. Um, man, like what my, what my coworker said to me today, mm-hmm. it makes me not want to like be loving towards him. Yes. You know yeah. what my yeah. wife said, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm pissed off at my wife today. Yeah. You know, I, I wish that I didn't have to be married to her today. You know, like right. those real raw emotions that we all feel that it's like, oh, well, that's heresy or mm-hmm. that's yeah. that I could mm-hmm. never that's say blasphemy. That. Yeah. That's blasphemy. That's not Christian. <laughs> exactly. It's real. That's... And by the way, when Adam and Eve were hiding, where was God again? Did, did he saw them yes. like who lives in you, Ross? Yes. God. So when yes. you say come before him, he he's like, Ross, you're I know here. it. I yes. know your heart. I know everything. So please be honest, because yes. now I can work with it. Yep. As long as you're hiding, you're yep. hiding like from yourself. Yes. See, I love the manifest presence of God is mm-hmm. in us. Yes. It goes back to your Christology. And I'm going to say mm-hmm. this again. I'm gonna, so if you don't know that if you or if you don't take your New Testament and read it and know that Jesus was God in mm-hmm. the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what was he doing on the cross? Like, here's what I love. Somebody way smarter than me, who Nadia Boltzweber, okay, mm-hmm. she said this. She said, this was not some cosmic loan shark demanding a pound of flesh out of his son on the cross. Mm-hmm. This was God himself saying, I would rather die than mm-hmm. be in the sin accounting business that you put me in. Mm-hmm. See, we had, were the ones who got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is yeah. coming to, to say, no, I don't hold your sins against you. This right. is the good news. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, you know, so that separation, I, I think that's the nuance. I want us to get to where we're not still thinking that God's out there mm-hmm. and I'm over here, yeah. right? We are, I mean, don't, don't believe me. Go read your New Testament. Yeah. Jesus in the day of Pentecost was this big, big thing where, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to live in you. I'm yeah. going to take my residence in your heart. The temple, where's the new temple? Yeah. You. Yes. Like, you can't say you love me and hate your brother. Why? It's right. impossible. Because because right. he's in you. Yes. You yes. are the manifest presence. If if yes. if God's not in you, who else illuminate? How are you talking? Right. How are you here? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So for anybody out there listening, well, it's all this cosmic big bang. Well, who banged it? Yeah. Right. It's like the right. God who right. designed everything yes. is right. in yes. us all. Right. Yes. So I think like yeah. I mean, just getting real practical, like the way that we fight against shame is where we started. Confession. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's that's, that's like sharing our mm-hmm. our challenges, our our weakness, our pain with with our brothers, with mm-hmm. our sisters uh, that opens the door for um, for someone to speak truth to our value as human beings, which is what we question when we're dealing with that shame. Yes. Where would I not want to tell you if I've screwed up? in an environment of shame or judgment or like you're going to go to hell mm-hmm. when I know if I've, if I'm free, God doesn't hold my sins against me. Woo. So now yeah. I can tell you mm-hmm. now, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, you're not going to go to be a slave in it again. That's a right. whole nother thing with Paul, but it's where I can tell the husband who's coming in, kicking and screaming with his wife, mm-hmm. dude, I was abusive to my wife. Mm-hmm. Like I was verbally abusive in our first year of marriage. And, and when I do that, it gives him permission mm-hmm. to confess. Yes. Yes. When I tell him about my depression and what happened w- through that, mm-hmm. when, I, when I tell him the mistakes that I've made, and it's like, oh, wow. So it gives him, okay, so this guy's not judging me. Right. He's not some pious, you know, 
platitudinal pastoral <laughs> preacher <laughs> pulpit. That's yes. a lot of peace. Um, no, he's a real dude who yes. struggles. Yes. And and so all of a sudden he feels no shame mm-hmm. right. around me because I'm the chief of sinners. Paul mm-hmm. said it. Yeah. And dude, I rival him. Mm-hmm. Like, come That's on. Right. Mm-hmm. So look, we have to destigmatize sin. Yes. <laughs> shame is what separates us. Yeah. And and like you said, confess your sins so you can be healed. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the people who can say yes. This is my most shameful, going back to week one, the mm-hmm. thorn that you're asking God to take away, my most shameful moment in my life could be the most redemptive thing in that's my right. entire life. Entire that's life. right. Yep. That's good. Because that's the thing that shame wants to do. It does not want to be spoken. Mm-hmm. Once you speak it, it's exposed. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, it's like when I hear you and when you talk or when I confess, it's like, oh, man, there's not going to be any judgment here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question is, so, hey, Brian, how did you, how did you get through yours? Mm-hmm. Hey, Ross, how did you get through yours? Mm-hmm. And so now you're sharing how you overcame, <laughs> mm-hmm. which takes us to Revelation 12 and 11. Yeah. And, and when you speak in a testimony, we were overcome by our testimony and the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the blood covers us mm-hmm. because he was that sacrificial right. lamb. So did therefore, you- it's like when you expose that thing, now it has no place to hide anymore. Longer. <sighs> If I love that, if, if I'm going to make a bold statement, I believe it's interesting. We're ending with this one. I believe that shame mm-hmm. is at least, if not at the heart of every single mental illness that we suffer, mm-hmm. it's at least a huge component of it. Mm-hmm. And if yes. we could get rid of shame. Mm-hmm. And be honest and yes. come and heal our identity, yes. who God created us to be, not the one who had the walls ripped out and yes. the blueprint got jacked up because of what was done to us or yes. what we did. But mm-hmm. it's uh, returning us to our original blueprint that God created us in His image. Yes, I'm an image bearer, and He said, it yes. is good. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. The, if you go back, like where did, we, where did Genesis come from? I know it's inspired by God, but if you think about these generations, look, look, I don't care how old you think the earth is, but let's just say people were telling stories for a long, long, long time about humanity and the human condition before it ever got written down. And to think the oldest thing out there that we start with has survived who knows how many millennia, if you will, and the story is told of man feeling shame and separating us from my... Woo, baby, there's something to that. Oh, there's a reason yes. why. Yes. It's funny, I was listening to somebody the other day. It was actually a Joe Rogan podcast, and he said, he started using it. He goes, yeah, that's the, that's, that's the, the trap we fall into. Yeah, that's the pitfall. Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing fall, fall, fall. Mm-hmm. I go, that's the fall of man. Mm-hmm. And it was shame. Mm-hmm. And I was going, wow, there it is. Mm-hmm. No wonder it's the oldest surviving, like, if God wanted to get any message out, that he had to come way out in Revelation and stamp, yeah. <laughs> you know, valid, it's that story. Yes. But it's so wild. I believe. Yeah. So I, my challenge, my, my prayer, my hope is, um, as, as we wrap this day, we can go on forever, but is, is that we can see God in a new light, that he is the judge that is crying over our backstories and says, time served. Mm-hmm. I don't want to send you to hell. I want you out of hell. And that we can see ourselves as created in his image That's right. and that it is good. Yes. And others. Yes. And to see others the same way, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Come on. That's good stuff. It's good. That's awesome. Change the world. Yes. Because he loves us. 
He loves us. Mm. And that's the main thing we need to know. 